The new series of Figuring Out Families focuses on marriage preparation. A wedding is not just about turning up on the day, much preparation is involved. Andrew and Veronica Schoenmakers, who join me for this series, have been married for 42 years. They've been doing marriage preparation for over 16 years, which they call FOCUS, facilitating open couple communication, understanding and study. This is session three of the Marriage Preparation Podcast. A major component of the pre-marriage sessions is the questionnaire couples are required to fill in. In the past two podcasts, we've explored the FOCUS program, which stands for Facilitating Open Couple Communication, Understanding and Study. We've also discussed some of the categories. Welcome back to the program, facilitators, Andrew and Veronica Scheinmakers. Hi there. Hi, David. Hi, David. Uh, we're still not enjoying lockdown, but we're all um, still surviving. Um, uh, hopefully you two are as well. Yes, we try to, particularly on the weekends, give ourselves a few projects to do. and uh, Yeah, just to keep the communications with people and touch base and make sure everyone's okay. Yeah, no, that's, that's very important. Now, uh, this is session three, as I said. Um, do you encourage couples to continue to talk at home about what they've said during the FOCUS program? Is that important or is it not really necessary? Oh, actually, that's quite the key component to, to the whole program, particularly even even from the first session when they come, just to introduce themselves. Yep. Um, yep. We sort of prepare them to say, oh, you know, you, you, you're starting off with doing this questionnaire. Um, and even after, it, more so after the first um, session, the second session we have, they've already completed the questionnaire and whatever. And um, they said they already started talking after completing the questionnaire. And more so, there's even even leaving our home, they, they said they'll get in the car and have a chat. And, and they said it was very, very good because between the two sessions, they were very mindful of what they'd answered and even discussing things with us. So a lot of positives came out of it. And yes, they, they very much admitted that it, it had helped them in, in communicating and, and weren't aware how much they didn't communicate. That was a good observation. Yeah, okay. And that, that's probably not unusual. I think a lot of couples that probably are not aware at times, uh, as we've discussed in previous podcasts, two communications vital, but so, some couples don't do it as well as others. Mm. Yeah, no, that's very true. So points of contention or disagreement would be an interesting one. Are individuals surprised sometimes by, by what their partner has put down on the questionnaire? <laughs> yeah, certainly so. Be, because it's the it's agreed, disagree or undecided, um, sometimes when they look at each other and, and because we get them to make sure they do it separately and, and not to do it together, that, and it's about how they feel today, you know, not how they want to be or how they have. Yeah. So you know, it's it's you know it's it's really comes down to things about you know you know things like you know when is the best time for us to communicate or talk you know certain habits you know realizing oh I didn't know that was something that annoyed you you know friends um, you know friends that have come into relationships because it's not only just extended families but it's friends and relations that join in. And and it really depends on how long the couple have known each other and where they've grown from, uh, where they've you know whether they've come from different countries or they've come from different suburbs, areas, backgrounds. So all of a sudden you're bringing this together, and they're 
uh, you know, where one couple will say, oh, you know, these sorts of friends and such and such, and then the other one say, well, I don't really get on with them. Mm. And they're, mm. they're surprised. Oh, I thought we all did, you know, things like that. Yeah. So, you know, and how they're, you know, so with the guys or girls, it's um, the sports, the weekends, the things that they do in their um, single life, all of a sudden we're, we're highlighting you now need to be considerate of each other. And, you know, the guys will say, yeah, but I, I play football four times a week, you know, three week, three days Ooh, of practice training. and training and one day of foot. And then there's the after football with the guys and the girls will say, yeah, but hang on, nice for you, but not so much for me. Mm. So, yeah, and most of the time the guys are surprised. Surely you like that. You know? <laughs> just don't understand, yeah, total shock. We just don't understand why you don't. Yeah, well, that's right. It's like if you love football or you don't love football, you know, it's just uh, you, why wouldn't you love it? It's a great game. Yeah, exactly. Yes. Yeah, no, that, that that's interesting. It, it does surprise me at times when you hear things like that, that people are just not on the same page with something you'd expect them to be. Um, and it, it takes everyone, it would take you by surprise, but I imagine a couple are far more surprised. Mm. We, we really see, and the, just their facial expressions uh, are, are quite uh, quite humorous to, to see how they respond and uh, and sort of take it back. I never knew you felt like that. <laughs> and, and as you said, why not? Why wouldn't you? <laughs> <laughs> and how long they've been going together. Some people have been for years. Uh, yeah. But as I said before, it can depend on whether they're cohabitating Mm. Um, you know whether they're still at home with parents or you know they're they're living elsewhere. And wasn't there one couple thing that we've had where they one is particularly more sociable than the other, and the other struggled with being in those large social settings. Yeah, and I found that difficult, wasn't yes. it? Yeah. yeah, and that's and felt that they were isolated um, or found it difficult to join in. And then it was a case of of just letting the partner know I I have struggled with that environment. And some of them said, "Oh, okay, I didn't understand," and which was good, and that that helped them along too, didn't it? Yes. Yeah, and mm-hmm. even where there were very close knit extended families, um, you know, I know with my family, and and we use these examples. I mean, my family are very we're a large family, and we were very interactive. Whereas Veronica's side of things was you know more quiet, so you know she was. Struggle, and we give that as examples to say, you know, no, this is not I don't uncommon. call it interactive, I call it the noise factor. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I came from a family of just one, Sim was a family of four, so it was a quiet household. And for Andrew's family, it was like the dinner table or just any setting, it was, it was very noisy and at times overwhelming. But that's something that you had to adjust to and accept it too. And we mm. highlight that to them mm. that, you know, it's no different from when we were married as to when you're getting mm. married. Yeah, well, that's right. I mean, everyone's got to get used to different situations. It's one thing, I grew up in a family of six, so it was quite boisterous at night. Um, but then you come across people who, you know, might have one sibling or they're an only child. My father was an only child. So a very, very different situation. You do have to, uh, it's a bit of give and take, isn't it? But that's what your whole program is about. Yeah, yeah exactly. exactly what you said. With a single, um, single child, you know, you've got no one to argue with. Whereas if you, where you have siblings, it can be all sorts of different and support, not just just you know discussions. It's a support. It's someone to talk to. 
Yeah, which is so important. I mean, I used to fight with my brother uh, until about the age of 10 or 11. I was a fast runner, so I knew if I got in the first hit, then I could run and he'd never catch me. And, and that, that worked brilliantly, even though we caused chaos in the neighbourhood. But then about the age of 11 or 12, we suddenly became really good friends and the fighting stopped, which was a good thing. I think my parents were very happy anyway. Yeah, I was the same. I was in the middle and there tended to be a punching bag more than anything else. They were good times. Yeah, <laughs> though you'd rather not be a punching bag. No. Uh, <laughs> Andrew and Veronica, you, you talk about... Um, you re review people's responses in graphical form. Perhaps you could explain a little more about that. Certainly. Um, the, the results come in with this agree, disagree, or undecided, as we said, and, and any variations where they don't exactly match, it brings in an overall matching agreement. Uh, and that can range from, you know, we've seen as low as 45% up to 95%. It then brings it into the areas of uh, overall match, um, skills, bonders, integrators, and then summary, which has key problems. So it sort of, and then each one has subgroups. Um, so under the overall lifestyle matches, friends and interests, personality, and personal issues. And each one through the 159 questions are then correlated and brought into separate groups and then percentages applied. So it gives us an immediate picture to the couple to say, hey, you know, you're at 79%. You know, it's not a test. It's just an indication of where you differ and gives us points to highlight or discuss further as we go through. You know, so like the overall could be an 82%. Uh, the skills can be 30, uh, integrators uh, 66. Um, and then it has interfaith sections and remarrying couples or cohabitating or couples with children. So it expands on those areas. So it's a good graphical, but it also gives us the point of where we say, hey, we might need to have another session on this area because there will be a lot of questions. Okay. So it's a guide. It's not the sort of be-all and end-all, but it's a guide and it gives you an idea where the couples uh, sit in terms of their relationship. Correct. Mm. Yeah. Okay. One of the questions uh, when we spoke uh, off-air uh, uh, recently, uh, which did make me giggle a bit, was the question about five annoying habits. <laughs> and I thought at the time there'd probably be some couples who uh, probably need a lot more space. There's probably more than five annoying habits. Oh, yes, yeah, some of them. Yeah, some of them do. Yeah, it's, it's not a formal question in the questionnaire. It's something we introduce, I think, just for a bit of fun because we realise uh, uh, I think some of the questions we get quite serious and heavy, so we wanted it to be a bit more lighthearted. And it was fun. It was fun. I think that was after the first session would say you have to go away with at least five. Some would come with five, some would come with one, some would come with ten, and then and then one would say, oh, I only had one, and then we'd prompt them along, and all of a sudden they'd go, oh, yeah, oh, that's right. And it was just, <laughs> and it, often they were just things that I think even we do ourselves. I mean, some, we just noted down some things. Someone talked about um, driving the car, which I'm sure we've all had that situation where one partner might be, does all the driving, and the other partner does drive. The other one nags them, yeah. you know, and uh, we said yes, that can happen. The other one was was making the bed. We thought how extraordinary, you know. But someone said, "Yeah, 
they only made the bed when they changed the sheets. Otherwise, they just left it as is. They said, what's the point? You're going to go to bed at, at, at that night and the other one said, but it needs to look right. Because the rule was, I think, whoever was out of the bed last was to make the bed. <laughs> and so they resolved that, but for exactly that. They said, okay, then, all right, we'll be mindful of that. So, oh, no, I think the rule was that particular person said, well, I have to change the sheets once a week. That's so much work. I shouldn't have to work any harder by making the bed. So I think they came to an agreement on that. So that was all right. Washing dishes, that was entertaining. How the, <laughs> the plug was left in the sink or, or how, I mean. But not, just, dr- not dried and just left to dry. Yeah, I mean, there are day-to-day things. I think even, as you, it even highlighted, I think, to us, you go, oh, okay, yes. And, uh, oh, talking during TV programs, that, that haven't we all had that? You want to watch something and you know, the other person's not interested and wants to keep talking. So, <laughs> yeah, so. Um, but we, we do get to the point of this one <laughs> to say to them, does it annoy you or is it something that you'd like someone to be aware of, change, modify or or discuss? Mm. You know, if it, you know, how much is it an annoyance? Mm. And, and it, then often the other person was totally unaware, totally unaware. Like, oh, really? Yeah. So it might just be a minor irritation more than a major problem. Correct. Well, or Correct. a combination. Some mm. of them were quite major and they just weren't aware. Yeah. But oh, it was a bit of up. It was a bit of fun yeah. in between, you know, just a bit of digression away from maybe a bit of the, some of the more serious questions. So, yeah. Good. Yeah. Mm. The other one I found over the years too is <laughs> some couple should go to a party and they haven't worked out beforehand who's the designated drunk and who's the designated driver, uh, you know, at the party and they get to the end of the night and they've both had too much and that causes a row because they've got to get an Uber or a taxi home. <laughs> oh, that's interesting. But we have the same issue because we have designated drivers too and then... I, no, the rule, no, no. rule is I drive there, she drives home. It's a standard rule. <laughs> That we share the driving. Yeah, that, that sounds like a reasonable uh, thing to have worked out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What, what's the? Can you remember all off the top of your head? Probably the the most annoyance, like when people have been filling that in. How many have you got to twenty or forty bad habits that uh, someone's written no. down? Or... No, I don't think we've ever got that far. I think um, five was a good number. Mm. Um, if anyone got to ten, it was really. We were then getting concerned. We go, if there's that many annoying habits, you really need to discuss these yeah. things. Uh, oh, we felt they were picking on them a little bit too yes, much. Yeah. Sometimes bit, it can yeah. be a bit picky. Yeah, or they were doing it in humour, thinking they're being funny, but at times it, it generally could have upset the person, but it was, again, awareness, awareness yeah. of what. But still, it's good to, it's, it is good to work these things out before they take the final step. So, I mean, if they're going to get, a, <laughs> yes. get annoyed, may as well do it now. Yeah, exactly. I think you mentioned uh, earlier, uh, Andrew or Veronica, about different cultures. I think that's an important one because some people do fall in love with someone from a different culture, and I imagine that could uh, cause a few issues. Well, that's yeah, more on the religion side, but on the culture side, uh, we we it's a yes and no. Um, it's they're good and bad. Well, not bad, but it's more the awareness. Yeah, it, and the big part usually comes in is the celebrations. Where you know some can have uh, a lot of celebrations and others not, so we really encourage them to to highlight these and and talk about these different culture uh, aspects. 
um, yeah, how, how many they must go to or like to go to, whether they can go to these things, functions in joint or you know, together or separately. Yeah, where they have a conflict with those different things is making sure that no one's going to be upset uh, and, and keep it in perspective. But we do also encourage to say you are going to develop your own cultural differences um, and that will be different to your parents and your grandparents. So you will find those. So, you know, build on those and encourage and work together. Again, it's communication, awareness, acceptance, um, different levels of tolerances um, and considerations of the, of the other. You know, what's important to one and uh, it's great to see where they fully support each other, where it's important to one member of the family. Right. Yeah, no, that's right. I asked two questions and one there. He says, I mentioned religion too, but it's the same sort of thing, culture-religion, I guess. Well, the religions probably, a, we find that the couples are more accepting of religion differences. Um, we've it's been great to see where we've and because this is a Catholic uh, program that we are using and they're coming through the Catholic Church. You know, one or both are generally you know, Catholic, and a lot of the questions as we we talk about the vocation and the celebration, uh, and there are questions that get into that religious area that talks about um, you know the interfaith. And how are they going to address these? So religion is probably a bit more heavier than the culture where one would say, oh, but we're marrying a Catholic church, so I just take it. Every, my children are going to be Catholic and you will go to Catholic schools and we'll do all the Catholic sacraments. Uh, and we say, and we generally get to, have you spoken to the partner about their religion and how much interaction do they want to have? Uh, do they want to have uh, involvement? Do they, are they going to continue their practices? Um, you know, so you can imagine a child being raised with two different faiths and trying to determine or understand. And we say we encourage. We say it's great. You know, where we see you know like people, you know, Hindus, Sikhs, Buddhists. You know, there's some great aspects where you know we said it's it's just encouraging. Please, you know, use them and talk to each other and make sure that you're not isolating one from the other. And often but their, their beliefs sometimes are very much similar, aren't they? They're very they're very accepting. Yeah. And also it's, you hear a few of the couples where um, they'll go to, to, the, to the different religious celebrations, to the temples. They actually endeavour to understand, want to learn more about the different religions and they're very accepting of it. It's, it's quite a positive. Mm majority of times it's, it's a nice positive result we get from it it's it's a it's a lovely blend it's beautiful yeah well you can have um you could be from different cultures and different religions but uh, have very similar values correct yeah, yes exactly. that's that's what we're finding that's a good point yeah yes, and, values and values are, are important you really you, you you don't want to be on a different page as far as values go i think that that, that could be a real problem and that, that's most probably what tracks them together in the first place too so Yes. Yeah, no, fair enough. We usually get them to talk about, you know, what are the um, 
the ones I, I want to stand fast on, the ones I, I want to do, as opposed to the ones that we can change and talk about and adapt to. You know, some are very strong in their religious values and some are a bit more accommodating. Sure, sure. Mm. Oh, fair enough too. Uh, what are some of the answers that you may see at times that set off alarm bells uh, for couples? Uh, and I imagine you, you would see it straight away, whereas the couple may not. Yeah, I think the the one we get to see, Marsh, where we talk about the financial side, um, you know, being aware, and I think we spoke once before about making sure that you come with your list of assets, liabilities, debts, and collections, because you know, after you're married, you're one, and uh, and then you know things like running separate bank accounts or joint bank accounts. The who owns what property, who has what debt and commitments. Some have got commitments overseas that the other one was not aware of, mm-hmm. and these are the one. That's probably the other, the one of the main ones, the financial side, where and also um, activities within families that. You know, it may be you know alcohol, it could be abuse. You know that they're not seeing because they're masking it, and uh, we we sort of bring that out by just more questions to each other, just getting them to talk about it to each other, and that's important. That we're not the ones raising the questions. We're not counsellors in any way. We're facilitating their discussion, so it's important they're hearing it from each other and not from us. So, you know, if something hurts them, more so we try to expand on that to go, so, you know, how do you, you know, talk to your partner? How, how much does that hurt you and how much do you want to expand on it? And, what, you know, at what point does something become an issue and that you need to address, find that level? Okay. Do, do sometimes you get responses that lead to a, a chasm that's just too deep to um, resolve? Have you had couples that have come to you and eventually they haven't stayed together? We haven't experienced that, no. no. Oh, that's a good thing. They're quite, they, they're quite, they're very committed to one another. They do, there are, there are some issues, um, but they, they've, they said no, they realise Okay, we we need to 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 resolve this or to talk more about it. Um, we do say to them if you really need uh, more help, approach a parish priest. If we've only had a, if there's occasion that we feel a little bit uncomfortable or concerned, we will just communicate directly with the particularly if it's our priest that was gone through our parish, just to highlight. Look, we we feel that this this is an issue with them. And it's up to them to follow through. And we've also advised them even approach your preach your priest and your um, pastoral community if you if you need more help. But um, it, it I think it's been quite a successful program in that we seem to we we feel comfortable. And I think that by the end of the of the the sessions that we feel that yes they're they're addressing it. Yeah. Well, that's, that's good. Okay. Yeah, most of them. Yeah, we feel that they're. In that stage of the wedding celebration or the marriage preparation, it's a joyous time. We don't want to be saying, "Oh, you know, the, you must resolve this now." Uh, it, it's they're they're happy. They're going to get married. It will happen. This is opening this communication between mm-hmm. each other and understanding 
each other's differences. Mm. Yeah, perhaps just filling in a few of the little potholes on the road before the marriage. <laughs> yes, definitely, exactly. definitely. Yes. Yeah, because yeah. you can't you can't always resolve. And, and I mean, the, the, there could be issues that come up years later that you you're not going to be aware of, and that's not really your responsibility anyway, is it? To uh, look into no. the future. That's right. We always, I always think that the financial one and that I comes up is really, you know, make sure you understand what each other are bringing into them, because you know the the there can be both professional people and you know, they're getting married at you know mid to late mid thirties and they've got a you know a lot of history, and also where they've had uh, you know previous relationships, you know, just where there could be things hanging. Um, then with where they're bringing children into the marriage, where one partner may have children already, um, yeah, and just the awarenesses of that, and seeing how they respond to caring. Yeah, yeah, no, that's a, that's a good point. We've discussed uh, uh, with in previous podcasts, so not with you, but with other people about mixed okay. marriages, like someone bringing in children. Um, or even a Brady Bunch type situation, which uh, can <laughs> yeah. complicate things, but uh, can be wonderful as well. Yes, and, and you and, do have to highlight all the positives, isn't it? Yeah, yes. and we highlight the main point about the the children are important, but you're getting married and, and the sacrament mm. of marriage, and this is for you and each other and the time you spend with each other. Yeah, no, very well said. Andrew and Veronica, um, just to recap, perhaps some of the main points from today's podcast. Oh, I think just the key word is always just communication, isn't it? We've all we all have the habit at times that we want to bottle things up, so we just have to be accepting of communicate and accepting the fact that your your partner may say things that you don't like or you disagree with, but it's just it's a starting point. And I think mm. the the understanding the differences. Uh, you are bringing two families together. You're bringing two groups of friends together. The, you have differences. It's mm. the uh, communication and understanding of those differences. And, you know, we do say to say, that, you know, you are not going to change a person. You need to live together and understand those differences, including extended family, including religion, including finances, including you know, um, you know, friends and interests. So it's important that they do that. Yeah, exactly. and. Uh... You mentioned the point, and we mentioned it a few times, that you can't change someone. If you think you're going to go into a relationship to change someone, it's just not going to work. It's going to end in tears. Yeah, we yes, have yes. we've had a, a couple that where even the, the girl was terribly messy at home and he was a, a clean fanatic and she said, oh, I will change when we get married. And mm. we go, well, yeah. Just be mindful of that. That <laughs> might not happen. Yeah. And yeah. the differences of clean. You yeah, know? but they said they'll change that person. Though. Yeah, they yeah. said that to, right. Well, we would change. Fine. We said, but work through it nicely. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> there are elements of cleanliness. My daughter came by and cleaned my bath on the weekend. She didn't think my bath was at all clean. So there you go. I thought it was fine. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's okay. Yeah, yeah. off you go. Yeah. Well, I'm the only one who uses it, so I couldn't see the problem. But there you go. <laughs> anyway, Gave her something to do. <laughs> that's exactly right. She's a lovely girl too. Thank you, Lauren. Um, been lovely talking to you both again. Uh, we'll come back uh, soon for session four. Thank you.
Thank you very much, David. Thank you, David.